0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal
1: with Paul and Ben Eno. Go Tim. How old can ghosts be? What actually is an out-of-body experience? When it comes to UFOs, what is so special about Socorro, New Mexico? Well, welcome to the two, 1015th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benito. Coming to you from WOON, AM and FM radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and on YouTube. I'm Tim Swartz setting in for Ben today and joining me for today's open line show Or Paul. Yeah, well, I'm here complete with my creepy voice. Uh, Well, good to have you, Paul. And special guest co-host, Valerie
2: Lofaso. And we're all coming to the show via Skype today. So let's get to it. Um, We're going to go with listener questions. And the first one comes from Emily in Connecticut. And Emily writes... Hi, I just found you guys through some searching about Native American tribes closest to my parents' home in South Windsor. Their home is close to the River Valley. The meadow leads right to it from their house. Their home is probably the oldest in the area, and I've recently been thinking about the energies there, especially in the basement. Have you heard from anyone with older homes with ancient paranormal spirits? I'm afraid there's something quite heavy in the basement. The house is 1698 and completely untouched in terms of structure. My father is an architect always focused on early New England preservation, so the house is an artifact in every way.
0: Well, I have to say that this is really weird because I grew up in that area, and I think I know that house. Really? So talk about a weird coincidence if you believe in such things. Um, Ancient... Spirits, we believe it's more about time than dead people. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking of an experience that a lot of people report with uh, First Nations people uh, in the area. And, uh, in Great Britain, uh, there are many examples of Roman soldiers and that sort of thing. Ancient monks, they're seen. I myself witnessed an apparition in uh South Devon in nineteen eighty nine in the Wistman's Wood, very odd place, was half a figure. The uh, Wistman's Wood was a place where the Druids hid from the Romans. So that goes back a ways. So uh, again, I think it's more about time than anything else here looking through uh, intersect points in the multiverse, and you see other people who are dead here, not there. But uh, you uh, folks may have a different point of view. Uh, Valerie, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'd love to chime in on this. For, for the listeners who aren't familiar with me, I am a medium, and my specialty is working with land. Um, I I tend to be very good at connecting with land and feeling what's going on there. And it's not uncommon to go into a basement of a structure, especially an old basement and an old structure and feel a lot. And I, I personally think there's a lot of reasons for this. I don't disagree with what you were saying, Paul. Um, but I think on top of it, you also, you just have so much energy staying in that one place. You know, if that house hasn't moved In all that time, that's a lot of energy concentrating in that one location. Plus, in in a basement, you don't have a lot of life happening down there. So it's easy for energy to get stagnant and just kind of hang out in that one area. You're also closer to the actual soil, the ground. So if there's been a battle there, if there's blood that's soaked into that land that is under the cement floor of the basement, it's possible to feel that when you're down there in, in the basement area. Um, You know, I've definitely encountered energies in similar situations where it definitely feels like it's been there for a very long time, whether it's something that ever had a human life or sometimes things that are just there for other reasons.
0: So, do you have an example or two?
2: I recently did an investigation at a library in here in in New Hampshire. That is, it used to be an old schoolhouse, and now it's a library. And I believe it was built in the early to mid eighteen hundreds originally. Um, and I picked up on on a very similar thing in the basement. It just had really, really heavy unwelcoming energy um unfortunately they had some some children's area down in the basement and i couldn't understand how they they ever used it for for you know happy-go-lucky children's crafts and things like that um it just it felt so unwelcoming in that basement um it felt like there had been some sort of bloodshed in the area. And one of the the members of the team I was investigating with did some research and found out that um, not far away, there had been a battle between the natives and the settlers in the area at one point. Um, And there's also a lot of water nearby. Um, There's a swamp and, and a stream and that can, you know, carry the energy to the other locations as well.
0: Yeah, this area in South Windsor is very, very wet, and right near the Connecticut River. And Tim,
1: what say you? Well, I think a lot of people are are surprised. Now, this house, as the letter said, was built in 1698. Uh, and is completely untouched in, in terms of structures. But these sorts of energies, whether it be, you know, depending on, uh, you know, how you look at these things, uh, whether it would be actually discarnate spirits or, you know, like glitches in uh, space-time, people are surprised if they move into a new house and find it's haunted or some kind of odd activity is going on and you know uh, so many times these types of hauntings aren't related to the structure but from the land that they're built on like uh, uh like Valerie was was saying so uh, you know you have this place built in you know 1698 and you know you just think about all of the lives All of the people who have come and gone, you know, in that house or in that general area. And, you know, that kind of energy, depending on the circumstances, really does take a long time to uh, dissipate. Now, uh, Paul, you made a reference to... um, there was a place in England, and, and I think you were referring to the one where the plumber was in the basement of this uh, uh, building. I think it was yes. uh, it was in London, wasn't it? Uh, oh, near
0: London. Near
1: London, right. Oh, and no, I thought it was in Yorkshire. That could be. I, you know, Although,
0: there are several different examples. Uh, uh,
1: the one that I'm thinking of was the one that he had. He had uh, uh, dug uh, a pretty deep trench in the basement to lay down some new pipes, and all of a sudden he heard uh, a trumpet blare, and proceeded to see the apparition of uh, Roman soldiers uh, going through that trench, and in fact. They were. Uh, he could only see their torsos on up. He couldn't see their legs. Their legs were still deeper than the trench that that he had dug. So if he hadn't have dug that trench, he may not, never have seen anything. You know. But uh, you you could ask yourself, was this guy seeing apparitions, or was he seeing a uh, uh, a a look from the past, or was he looking at another reality where that past is a little bit, uh, or quite a bit slower than our own, and he was seeing almost in like a real time situation where uh, Rome was still occupying Great Britain. So I mean, you know, you can see that in in all kinds of different situations of reported uh, haunting building, haunted buildings or locations. So you know, and I kind of tend to think that it could be all of the above you know i I, I think that there is the possibility that you d- do have spirits of some kind, either human or uh, the, uh, uh, the the parasites that Paul talks about that you know at times like to uh, take on the guise of humans, and as well, there could actually be at certain Power grid locations, you know, kind of like an intermingling of this world and, uh, and other realities. One of the
0: uh, points of that case, I believe, was that he uh, had uncovered a Roman road, an old Roman road, right? Yes. Uh, so, uh, one point I'd like to get hear from both of you on is uh, something we bring up frequently when it comes to the number of ghost experiences that people report. If reincarnation is true, why are there so many ghosts? Assuming that whole classical thing is true.
2: That's a really interesting question and really hard to answer. I guess from what I've learned from talking with other mediums, you know, working with spirits and hearing what they have to say and working with the living, doing readings. Um, because time is not a thing on that other side, you know, wherever that is, we can exist in multiple forms at multiple times. So why can't our spirit exist in multiple forms at, at multiple times? You know, as as a medium, I've experienced a situation where, I'm on the phone with um, one of my aunts, and this is my dad's sister. And I can feel my dad's presence. He passed away many years ago. I can feel my dad's presence with me, but I also know that my dad is at that same time with his sister. He's existing with both of us because we're talking about him. You know, we're reliving you know happy times with him. So I, I think there's so much unknown about how it really actually works in the spirit world whatever the spirit world is and there's so many possibilities of conflicting worlds that you know it could be us in another existence at the same time really alive but not looking alive because of whatever crossover is happening
1: yeah uh, Tim? oh yeah well uh, I absolutely agree I mean you You've heard spirit mediums, uh, uh, talk about how the messages that they receive, uh, often state that, uh, uh, time in the other realities doesn't exist. That, uh, it's, it's basically a, you know, a material world thing. So if that's the case, then I see it as reincarnation doesn't exist as we're thinking of it in uh, uh uh in the material world it's not that we lived a past life died and now we're living in this one and those all the other past lives or future or past lives are gone but we're actually living past lives this life future life as well as lives in other realities all at the same time and i know that's that's a really difficult concept for a lot of people to you know put their heads about but at the same time that you are living this life right now at this very moment you are living all, all the other lives in you know what you know in the past and 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 even the future and and I think this also extends to uh, uh, all the other realities that are out there and you know there there are times when at night you know you'll have regular dreams and then you'll have those dreams where they seem all too real and i wonder if you're not actually visiting you know some of these other realities that you're you're living in at that very same time because you know there are people and situations in those dreams that are so real and so emotional that when you wake up you actually have a se- feel a sense of loss because you're not with the people that you had a history with in that dream so you know i i i think that you know the way Due to the fact that you know we are trapped in space time in the material world, that uh, 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 the way that we look at how our our soul, spirit, whatever you want to call them, exist in this universe is is really I mean we've narrowed it down to just you know just a little tiny bit when there it probably exists on an almost maybe infinite scale you know throughout all of reality. We use the term "super life" to describe what
0: you just described him—all uh, the subconscious lives, etc. Um, now, the next question, at the risk of sounding like Inspector Clouseau, is only is one that only I can answer. So, Valerie, what have we got?
2: Is that the the one about the video feed? Yes. It says, why is the video feed not used on this channel?
0: Okay, that's the YouTube channel. And we get this question a lot. Um, I always explain that it's a matter of rights. Uh, the WON Radio owns the rights to those videos. They are very available on the station website. We put the links all over the place including with the audio feed, uh, when they go to the podcast platform. So it's uh, very available, and uh, we just don't have the rights to put it on the YouTube channel. So th- that's, that's it. But Thanks it's uh, very available. Okay. Do you
2: want me to read the next question?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it is more in the nature of a comment. Uh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, um, but it actually, I think, relates back to something we were just talking about. Um, yeah. Commenter Benji5796 says, out of body isn't out of body, it's the mind projecting Sam Parnia's Aware Study has also demonstrated this. And there's a note that Dr. Parnia is director of the Human Consciousness Project at the University of Southampton.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure which show this was in response to on the YouTube channel. But um, let's talk about out-of-the-body experiences. You think he's right, uh, Tim?
1: well and it's like you said, I mean, this really does go back to what we were talking about uh uh previously, and the question is out of body isn't out of body it's the mind projecting well, what is the mind i mean that is the uh, uh the billion dollar question that uh that uh, that we and philosophers and scientists have been do- talking about for uh, uh years and years uh you know I mean is the mind Exclusive to the body. I mean, is is the mind nothing more than just a series of chemical reactions uh, uh, in the brain uh, producing a you know, almost really a false image of self and self awareness, or is the mind you know actually that eternal part of us that will continue on after this? body your body my body everybody's body uh uh, uh gives it up and uh, and and it goes on uh, elsewhere so um and and possibly uh, the question may also deal with the fact that um mind projecting he he could be looking at it along the lines of say like remote viewing where your mind doesn't really Go anywhere, uh, uh, you know, actually go to, you know, physical locations or non-physical locations and instead is just picking up information that is out there and available really for all of us if you know how to uh uh work it and uh, uh and and make yourself open for that kind of information uh, but myself i mean you know my own personal opinion um, is that your your mind Spirits, you know, astral body, whatever you want to call it, uh, is actually, uh, uh able to, um, send itself to, uh, uh locations and in, in this reality, uh, uh, and others. I mean, you know, the, the old timers used to talk about, uh, uh, the, the silver cord. You know that would uh, keep yourself uh, uh, attached to your physical body, and you had to make sure that that was never severed or you know away that you go. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean you know I, I I think that the mind is capable of doing say like remote viewing where there is no actual uh, a, a traveling of your essence. Uh, but there are people say like Robert Monroe who uh, seem to be you know just you <laughs> know really really good at uh, actually um sending his essence uh, uh, to other locations and to the point where he was able to make himself known uh, uh to uh, to other people.
2: Um, yeah, that's that's exactly what where I was going to go with this is astral projection, you know, that's that's a common practice among a lot of um, you know, intuitives and there are several cases where a, an ethereal form of that person is visible by somebody else. When they're traveling, they do it on purpose to, to see if it's possible, you know, and Tim, you asked the same question that came to my mind when I read this, this statement is what is the mind? We don't really know. And, you know, mm-hmm. are we sure that we're not leaving our body? You know, whether it's during meditation, doing, um, astral projection, doing remote viewing, or dreaming. You know, I know as a very vivid dreamer myself, there are times when I wake up from a dream that does seem like I was in an alternate reality, and I feel like I was very actively there, not just in bed imagining this happening. You know, I wake up exhausted <laughs> from many dreams. Why is that? was I really there? You know, a lot of times I think maybe I was. Um, So I'm not sure. It's just the mind projecting. I, I'm not familiar with Dr. Parnia's work, but I, I'm kind of curious to maybe take a look at it now and see what it says.
0: I, my, uh, the, the late D Scott Rogo was a friend of mine. And, uh, at one point, uh, the parapsychologist Keith Harari, whom I also knew, uh, decided to project himself into Rogo's house at one point, And Scott actually saw him walking down the hallway when he wasn't there. So that's an example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There,
1: yeah. There, you know, there are some people who, who, you know, go completely with the, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just your mind projecting hypothesis and, and saying that, uh, you know, your, your, your mind is powerful enough to actually, uh, put that image in somebody else's mind that they think from that image that they're seeing you walk, uh, uh walking down the hallway when you're not actually physically, physically there in a Spirit sense, that it's just your mind being able to do that, but I don't know, I mean that's, that, that's almost like a, like an Occam, Occam Razor type thing, uh, where, uh, that seems to be almost a convoluted uh, explanation rather than just saying that, well, they're able to send their essence, their spirit, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, across the distances to uh, be able to visit. And I, I can't think of, you know, the, the cases, but I know that there have been cases of people who have been able to, um, astral project and do things to the physical world, leave something behind, move stuff around. And so again, you know, unless, and that's always, you know, it's always an explanation, you know, as I, as I'm talking about these things, Paul, you know, I mean, you know, all these different things come to my mind. And considering how powerful our minds can be, you know, our our, uh, telekinesis could also be be a factor. So, you know, (laughs) it's hard to say sometimes.
0: Well, we'll take a brief break uh, halfway through the show here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Edo with our great friends Tim Swartz and Valerie Lofaso sitting in for bed today. We're doing open lines here on W O N A M and FM Radio. We'll be right back.
1: Community Care Alliance invites you to the return of an in person shelter walk on Saturday, september thirtieth, to raise critical funds for homelessness and homelessness prevention. Registration for the walk begins at ten in the morning at Community Care Alliance's Nolan Building that's at eight hundred Clinton Street Winsocket in the parking lot, with the walk beginning at ten thirty. For more information about the walk, visit this website, communitycareri.org.
0: Okay, there you have it. Uh, FM, we're back with Behind the Paranormal. And I'm going to hit our two co-hosts with a question. Have you yourselves ever had an out-of-the-body experience? And start with Valerie?
2: not in the traditional sense um, like i said i'm I'm a very vivid dreamer, and I do believe I've had experiences while sleeping where I leave my body and go somewhere else um, just the way I feel when I wake up I, I don't know how else to explain it um, but I have not had the more traditional kind of I guess if there is a traditional <laughs> <laughs> kind of out of body experience. Um that's the extent for me. How about you, Tim?
1: Well, okay, not that I have been aware of. You know, when I was younger and uh you know, I was I was a big fan of of uh, Robert Monroe's work and uh, uh, and, and others and uh, made attempts to uh uh, uh to do astro projection but was never successful. Now, I do have a story where I have uh had a friend that um she was in the hospital at the time and this has been a number of years ago. Uh and uh, uh I was unable to come and visit her and one night she said that I actually, and and this was after business hours, so she was pretty surprised that she said that I actually came in and uh, talked to her briefly and then sat in the chair next to her bed until uh, she fell asleep. And uh, 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 the next day when she, you know, I mean, the morning when she woke up, I, I wasn't there. Now, I know for a fact that. I wasn't there. I was. I was quite a distance away. That was one of the reasons that she was surprised that I actually managed to show up. Uh, but I have no recollection of this. So you know, I don't know if this was uh, a, an actual case of astral projection, whether or not she was dreaming it. You know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, at at the time, I was passionately wanting to be there and was frustrated because circumstances made it so I, I wasn't able uh, to go and visit her. So it's hard to say. Who knows? Well, the uh, no issues of remote
0: viewing as related to out-of-the-body experiences came up on last week's show. We had Chris Harmon from MUFON was uh, sort of jack-of-all-trades and the paranormal master of all, and he teaches classes in remote viewing, so, and I've said it on some of those. And he was um, saying a few things about that. What do you feel is the relationship? Uh, in other words, how similar a process is it? OBEs and remote viewing. Uh, Tim,
1: well, you know, it's you know, remote viewing has always been uh, a, a, a fascination with mine. Uh, uh, partly because, you know, once again with a lot of this stuff, I've I've attempted it at myself, and I've just always been frustratingly. Um, non non psychic you know, I tend sometimes to be like a vacuum uh, when it comes to paranormal events uh, uh because with the exception of of a few very outstanding uh situations in my life when I go to uh, say like investigate uh, uh haunted places or talk to people with abilities nothing ever seems to uh, uh happen when i'm there and and it's not like i'm going with a uh uh like an uber skeptical uh a- attitude i tend to be very open minded but uh you know it's uh, uh myself uh, uh uh it's it's it, it just doesn't work but um And, and it's like I said in, you know, like a, a previous statement earlier in the show, um, I wonder sometimes about the differences between remote viewers and those who can astral project. Because you have uh, uh, some of these people who they 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 have more, as they call it, like, you know, mental impressions, mental images. And then there are others who describe actually um, uh, they describe themselves as being there. Now whether or not it's just they're just trying to turn a, a, a phrase when they are talking about their almost uh, overpowering uh, I- I- I impressions but I know that there was uh, 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 one remote viewer who was sent to check out an area on the dark side of the moon uh, or the far side of the moon actually uh, uh, and he said that, and this was Ingo Swan, by the way, um, he said that while he was there, that the extraterrestrials or beings or humanoid looking figures that he saw at this location became aware that he was there with them and looking at them, and he felt that he had to withdraw quickly. Or else he would be in danger, and his descriptions almost sound like that—that uh, that he was. Physically, you know, in a non-physical form, they're at that location rather than just gathering information that was available to him, you know, in a, in a psychic sense. So, you know, I think that there are some really talented remote viewers who are utilizing, uh, uh that hidden aspect that we have to be able to uh, actually leave their body and go to a location while others are, you know, tapping into that, uh, you know, Akashic record. Uh, 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 type of, uh, of thing and then um, uh, writing down the impressions that they get
0: uh, Valerie uh, further thoughts
2: yeah um, from my own studies my impression is that out of body experiences and remote viewing are different mostly in, in the sense that out of body experiences tend to happen unplanned and um, Whereas remote viewing is done with a specific intention in mind. Um, but otherwise, I think from, from what I have read and, and experienced myself, they, they tend to be, you know, fairly similar. Um, I did some exercises in an intuitive class one time where we were given envelopes that had a location in it. And we had to go to that location intuitively Um, you know, and for me, I always feel like I am there, not that I'm just seeing it in my mind. And I don't know if that's the empath part of me, you know, putting myself in somebody's shoes or in a location, um, you know, but it does feel very real to be in those places. Um, we did another exercise where we had to visit the childhood home of the person sitting across from us. And we could easily say that, well, I'm just picking up on images from that person's mind. But, you know, when you're doing it, you walk in the front door and you just, you look around and you describe what you see and you feel like you're there. <laughs> um, so, based on my experience, I, I think they are similar, just different intentions.
0: We had uh, Tom Nago on this show two years ago. Tom is a Researcher and remote viewer who lives uh, near Sedona, Arizona, appropriately enough. And he, um, was describing remote viewing and sort of projecting himself to a friend's house, uh, who was a very good cook. And he described, uh, smelling the tomato sauce. And I said, how do you smell Anything when you don't have, a, you're without your body and your sense of smell. And he said, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think about that,
1: uh, Tim? Hmm. That's, uh, that's very interesting. I never, th- I never thought about that before. And, you and. who? Yeah, you know, and, uh, it's, I don't know if I have heard that much along those lines with the other senses coming into play uh uh besides mostly just this uh uh uh, uh, uh because uh, some some reports of people who um, uh, have become good at astral projecting often report that they they can't hear at at the locations uh uh now you know some of the ones that uh have been really good at it are able to communicate with people that they run across, but that tends to be more of a uh, uh like a uh, a telepathic uh type of uh, of communication so yeah i <laughs> i'm not sure myself that that is that is a good one unless somehow they are tapping into the person that they are visiting that they are tapping into their mind that uh, uh uh and are smelling what they're smelling so i mean that that could be a possibility but uh but yeah i i think i, I think i need to look uh, a little further into that one that's a good one hey valerie
2: yeah that is a great question um you know i i found that our senses are very much intertwined especially when it comes to memories. And, I mean, tomato sauce, I think, is is a smell that a lot of people, you know, I grew up in, in an Italian family, so the smell of tomato sauce, you know, I immediately go to my Aunt Pat's kitchen in Queens, New York, and I can I can smell it. You know, I know what that smells like even without having that smell here. So I kind of wonder if it's almost a memory smell because you see it, you know what it is. You know what it's supposed to smell like, um, you know, because we, okay. we have these these very vivid memories associated with things like that.
0: Something for us to ponder. Okay, why do we go to the final question, because the next one is really a whole page. I think <laughs> we'll need, we don't have the time for it. So what's the uh, question from Jeff's gay box?
2: All right. Jeff says, what is so special about Socorro, New Mexico, that seems to draw in UFO activity specifically? Just the nukes? It says, Lonnie Zamora was not far from there, similar craft description and not the only case there by far.
0: Yeah, Lonnie Zamora, famous case of a police officer uh, witnessing the landing of a craft
1: and two entities. Uh, Jimmy, you want to tackle that one? Yeah, the uh, um, uh, Socorro, New Mexico now, you know, for people who aren't familiar with that one, that is the uh, case where the, uh, Lottie Zamora was a, uh, a, a local uh, policeman uh, that uh, when he was on uh, patrol he actually heard what he thought uh, f- at first was uh, an explosion. And when he went to this location just outside of town, he saw uh, in a uh, in a gully, and he wasn't that far away from it, actually, uh, what looked to be like a, a, a white egg-shaped craft mm-hmm. that had uh, uh, landed. And there were two... Uh, smallish they weren't you know like uh, uh, diminutive or, or, or child size but two smallish individuals dressed all in white uh, walking around uh, outside of this uh, craft now uh, Lonnie had actually kind of like uh, ducked down behind a, uh, a, a rise and was you know like peering up at them and uh, he must have made a noise or something because all of a sudden uh these the uh, uh these things uh, uh, scrambled back inside of the craft and a uh, a flame came out from underneath it and the craft lifted up making a lot of noise uh, similar to the explosion that he thought he he heard earlier and it actually uh, then flew over his head and uh and and disappeared um, uh, this, this has be, become quite a famous case, uh, uh, because Lonnie was, uh, very well respected in his community and, uh, nobody had, uh, really any doubt that, uh, uh, his story didn't actually happen. I mean, he was not prone to, to, to lying and, and he swore up until the day that he, he passed away that it was an actual experience. And as well, there was some uh, physical evidence uh, uh, left behind as well. Some uh, uh, burning, I think it was sagebrush, some uh, uh, what appeared to be little scrapes of metal uh, on the rocks and uh, indentations uh, in the dirt uh, where this thing had landed using, a, I think it was like a tripod, uh, uh, landing gear. Uh, but as for the question... Uh, uh, uh why is this area seem to be a uh, a uFO hotspot well uh, uh New mexico has been a UFO hotspot in general for a number of years and uh you know the the, the person writing the question asks you you know it's because of the nukes or you know or, or or what have you and you know that's that's one of the things that uh, has endlessly... Uh, been debated. I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that, uh, uh, the, the U.S. military activity in New Mexico, uh, the, the early atomic bomb testings, uh, you had, um, the Roswell, New Mexico, uh, um, at the time it was the uh, uh, the, the Army Air, uh, Army Air Force Base that had the only atomic weapons in the country located there in the uh, uh, in the late 1940s uh, so whatever you think of as an explanation for the UFO phenomena it doesn 't seem to be a coincidence that uh, wherever there is a heavy military presence, and especially using uh, nuclear weapons, there tends to also be an increased amount of, of UFO activity. Now, some people would say, well, it's because UFOs are you know, black-budget, top-secret, uh, man-made uh, crafts. Uh, but considering a lot of these uh, early cases—Roswell, uh, Socorro, some of the others—it seems unlikely to me that 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 the United States had managed to come up with those kinds of you know super technology uh, uh, types of of, of crafts uh, at that time. So yeah, it's 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 a good question. I mean, you know, why uh, why is this why is this a hot spot? You know, and uh, uh, that's uh, that's a big question.
0: <laughs> uh, Valerie? You're yeah, also I mean, a UFO researcher, so <laughs> go for it.
2: Yeah, the, the nuclear thing definitely seems to have a correlation to high UFO activity. You know, the area where I live, we have um, the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard, we have the Pease Air Force Base, and you have... Um, the nuclear power plant, all, you know, within just a few miles of each other. And there's a lot of UFO activity in this area. Um, Is that the only reason there's UFO activity? I don't think so. Um, You know, but the motivation behind the visits is always, always the number one question. You know, I I mentioned earlier off the air the Exeter UFO Festival um, that happens on Labor Day weekend up in this area. You know, that's because there's UFO activity in this area that it's a popular event. But that's always a top question to all of the researchers and speakers is why Why are they coming? Why are they visiting? And it's such a hard question to answer. I think we always want to know why. I don't know that we're ever going to get a definitive answer to this question. I hope if it does have to do with nuclear Stuff that it's for a good reason that they're trying to help us avoid disaster. Um, that is speculation. Um, I would like to think that other beings out there have our best interests at heart and and would want to help us avoid things if possible that that could go wrong. So that that's my hope, anyway.
0: One point about Socorro, uh, that part of New Mexico. Or I should say, underneath this Socorro region, there is an enormous magma chamber and a huge uh example of the Bouger anomaly, which we've talked about before. It's a gravitational anomaly that is present so far as we've found in every single major flap area that we've investigated um. <clears throat> And uh, what it does, it uh, changes gravity. As you walk closer, like down a hill toward a valley, you would expect gravity to get a little heavier because you're closer to the center of the Earth. But actually, when this anomaly is present, it gets lighter. And this is measurable. And uh, oil and gas deposits are actually found using the Mooji anomaly. So it's a fact, and it's uh, practically applied. Uh, and why is this relevant? Well, what did Einstein say? Gravity affects space and time. So it is po- we're still looking into this, but it's possible that, uh, which is a car with so many of these other areas, space and time is easier to bend if you want to use it for travel or if it's just spontaneous overwashes or intersect intersect points. So that's just one thing to bear in mind.
1: You know, that's that's a good point uh, there, Paul. And you know if you go and combine that then with some of the uh, uh Early atomic bomb tests that were going on in New Mexico, you know, that may, uh, you know, some people have speculated that these tests actually ripped open a hole in, in space time that allowed these things, yeah. you know, whatever they are to come through. So, Tim, uh, let's take the last few minutes.
0: Tell us about yourself, what you're working at, and where people can find out more about
1: you. Oh, sure. Well, um, you can find uh, uh, all of my books on uh, uh, amazon.com that's probably the best place you just type in uh, uh, tim r swartz and uh, they'll uh, they'll all come tumbling out for your reading pleasure uh, both as uh, uh, print and uh, and ebooks uh, our most recent book uh uh is called Mimics the Others Among Us and uh, Paul has a uh, just an absolutely fantastic uh, chapter you know in this book so you know I highly highly, highly recommend uh, just for Paul's chapter that uh, everyone go out and get themselves a uh, a copy now my website is uh, called uh, conspiracyjournal.com and uh, uh anymore the uh, the word conspiracy has has taken on a bad term uh i I'd, I'd love to uh, change it at this point but I always say that uh you know we uh uh we look at uh, UFOs and ghosts and encrypted creatures and you know none of that none of that uh, political stuff <laughs> you
0: carry on the great tradition of Tim Beckley
1: that's right that's right i uh, uh, uh practically you know all of my earlier books were uh were published through Tim Beckley's uh Global Communication uh Interlight uh, uh publications. Unfortunately, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. So we're uh, we're trying to uh, carry on and uh, uh keep his name uh, out there for everyone. He was one of our guest co hosts too. Uh Valerie What's good who with you?
2: I just released a couple books recently. Um, I released the fourth book in my young adult paranormal fiction series. The series is called Tangled Web of Friends. Um, it is available in print and an ebook. On um, well, the ebooks are in Nook and Kindle, and then you can find the books in print on any online bookseller. Um, I also released a book that you can get only through me right now. It's called The Vital Empath. And it's a workbook for developing your intuition as an empath. Um, I currently host two empath support groups for anybody that is an empath. Um, You can find me on Facebook as Valerie Lofaso, author and empathic medium, if you'd like to know more about any of that.
0: Very good. And uh, Valerie was uh, a co author of ours on a new book. Behind the Paranormal 3 uneasy sky. Do not give up hope. I intend to be working on that till the day I die. <laughs> no matter how soon that will be, uh, we plan to, uh, still be working on that. So we have in our last few minutes one question by email here that's come in from Phil in Savannah. Phil is a, Phil is a friend of the show. Uh, this is more to be, I guess. Paul, you've spoken about going to the good world. The good world, good world is my name. And anybody who's read behind the paranormal one, everything you know is wrong. There's an epilogue in there about this, uh, parallel world, I believe it is. That's, uh, very much uh, something that Valerie described visited in dreams, uh, sometimes during meditation and occasionally in waking life. Yeah. And uh, when we decided Ben and I decided to reveal this uh, with some years ago we we're going to be on coast to coast to him that night. And I said, Man, do you really want to talk about this? The whole country's gonna be laughing at us. So uh we said, let's go for it. So we talked about the good world, which is I wouldn't call it heaven, but it seems to be a very natural place for human beings to be. There's daily life, people work, uh, it's very beautiful. There are modes of transportation. And there is, uh, I, you can call it like the dream time that the uh, Aboriginal people talk about because you can communicate with everything. But in any case, uh, I started to talk about this, and George Nuri said, I've never heard you this far out before. Well, I said, I don't think I've ever been this far out before. So in any case, that's what uh, Phil is referring to. He says, Are you able to go there at will whenever you wish? No. Uh what is the methodology? Again meditation, etc. What is your job or purpose there? I seem to be some sort of researcher. I have a huge library at my disposal as I do here, um, and that sort of thing. There are meetings, uh and when we did talk about this on COAST, we received over 3,000 emails, two of which were negative. Other people said they'd been there themselves. They described scenes that I did not describe, but that they had witnessed, and it was really quite moving. So apparently it's not just, uh, just us it's doing that. So in any case... Uh, if you have any comments, now's the time. Tim or Valerie.
2: I believe I've experienced a similar place in meditation before where um, there's there's a, a more of a collective consciousness, so hurting yeah. each other is not a thing yeah um, it's it's all about. Love and humanity and caring and doing the right thing. And it was, it was very overwhelming and moving when I went
0: there. Parasites have no access. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go to our announcements. Tim, if
1: you would. Sure. The 2023 Western Connecticut UFO Conference presented by the Danbury Library will take place virtually and in person from October 22nd to October 29th. Events will begin on this show on October 22nd with special guest, Reverend Michael Carter of Ancient Aliens, with a live uh, live audience interaction. More information to come.
2: And the Greater New England UFO Bigfoot Conference is back. This will be a one-day event on November 19th at the Veterans Memorial Center in Lemonster, Mass. Watch for more information. And you can visit the show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find nearly 1,200 hours of regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008 from CBS Radio, Archive Radio, and here on W-O-O-N, AM, and F-M. Also, hear many of these broadcasts on the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube.
1: Download our show app. It's free at BehindTheParanormal.com and browse our books along with those of our guest co-hosts. Our website has a charity page with links to several good causes we have adopted, including Hope for Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts, USA, CARES, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, helping Haiti's orphans, and and the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, and the Sisterhood of Ground Zero. So Valerie, what's cooking for next week?
2: On October first, Paul and Ben will welcome researcher Dev. I am. Can you pronounce that? Rooney. There we go. For an update on weird doings in California.
1: Okay. Alright, well we leave you today with a thought from none other than Albert Einstein. The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. I'm Tim Swartz setting in for Ben Eno. I'm Paul Eno.
2: And I'm Valerie Lafaso. Thank you for joining us on our great cosmic journey and we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal.